Alright, I'm standing outside and recording this to let you know that um, this is a bit of a weird episode today. Uh, I kind of just took some discussions that I cut from other episodes and put them together in this one. Uh, We didn't really uh, have time for recording this week, and I ran out of time for uh, editing. A bit of a weird week for scheduling, so yeah hope you like the uh, weird ramblings that we uh, had between actually talking about stuff during certain episodes. All right. But, uh, but yeah, um, I will I will be playing those four at some point, though, and then determining whether or not to recommend them. Yeah, you'll have to tell me how, uh, how Kakarot is. I, I was hesitant to get it just because, like, in terms of DBZ games or just Dragon Ball games in general, like, I prefer, like, the the old Budokai fashion of mm-hmm. fighting where it's like the the uh essentially like Dragon Ball Z fighters where it's just the the 2D plane. Yeah. You're not yeah, I've, around the map and stuff fighting. I've seen um some gameplay of Kakarot and it looks similar to Xenoverse, but I've also yeah. heard that it plays very differently from Xenoverse as well. Okay. So um it it looks very much like it's a uh, like a Dragon Ball based RPG, and there yeah. is, as far as I can see, no ground combat whatsoever. All of the combat is aerial. Okay, which so, Xenoverse, like, I I liked Xenoverse just because the concept was really cool. Just like yeah, time traveling and and you're building your own character. It's not like your character is one of those uh, those dragon ball characters you're building your own character and stuff like yeah. that that's that's what appealed to me about yeah I, I love that about xenoverse yeah um i uh my character playing Xeno. i love xenoverse because it's done the most with the concept of replaying the dragon ball z story that any game yeah. had because yeah, kakarot exactly. kakarot is just another dragon ball z game where it's like saiyan saga through boo saga and then yeah. dlc reaches into super um and and it's like uh okay uh as far as story goes it's like yeah i i i'm kind of in it just to for the gameplay like i like upgrade trees and stuff like that so i'm um yeah that's mostly what i'm going to be playing that one for is that that feeling of the power creep like i'm in it for power creep man i love that feeling of of slowly getting stronger over the course of a game it's so satisfying but um but yeah, as yeah. far as like the story goes, it's like yeah, it's it's Dragon Ball Z again. Yeah, because Kakarot, I'm I'm just like hesitant on it because yeah, like you said, the story. Like if I want to play a Dragon Ball Z game dealing with story or whatever, I'll just go back to Budokai Three, where you can play as over thirty different characters and they each have their own story. Yeah, um, and you can upgrade their abilities and stuff as you're playing. Yeah, I like. I personally like the Xenoverse two in particular because um, it it gave me that similar feeling of power creep as well as like giving me allowing me to make my own character. Yeah. I made a um, I made a female Majin, um, and I named her. I I think I named her June. Because because oh. uh, the joke is that like oh she's got this really summery happy name June right but like I made her skin tone gray. I gave her like very dark like features, like very sharp oh, okay. dark features. And I any armor she got, I instantly colored black. 
um, so that like it would contrast with her skin tone a lot more. Yeah. But then, in addition to uh, uh, so like all that was meant to communicate like, ooh, she's a, like the badass tough girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, she basically got the name June from her parents, and she was like, "I'm going against this name, okay, mom and yeah. dad." Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, but then the uh, the accent color, um, instead of being white, was pink. Oh, okay. Just to show that she's got like that little bit of girliness under there, a little bit of femininity. <laughs> um, and like, I one thing I love about Xenoverse is like you can obviously with it being an original character you're playing as, you can come up with any backstory you want. So, like, the backstory I came up with for this character is that, like, uh, um, she, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> I basically, in my mind, was like, because at that point, I had only really read the first three volumes of the Dragon Ball manga. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, June has read uh, the first three volumes of, like, the history of Goku or whatever, right? Yeah. And, like, her favorite Z warrior is Krillin for no reason in particular. And like, it's like you get these conversations where people are like, Oh, your favorite is Krillin, huh? How far in the history books have you read? And she's like, Oh, three volumes. And they're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Uh, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like if you read, uh, if you read like not Dragon Ball Z, but just like, uh, like some of Dragon Ball and you're just like, Man, Yamcha's like such a cool character, and then you get the Dragon Ball Z, and you're like, man, Yamcha's such a loser. <laughs> I know, I know. He's introduced as like this like scary bandit. Yeah. In in, in Dragon Ball, and it's like ah, I'm gonna steal your stuff, and like you get to Z, and the crater thing is a worldwide meme. Yeah. Y- Yamcha laying in the crater. I think it's even more of a meme in Japan than it is in America. Yeah. So much so that Arby's and their marketing team does that type of stuff where they'll yeah. have Yamcha laying in the crater, which the crater is like a sandwich or something. There was <laughs> there was an episode of Super where like the whole concept was everybody was playing a friendly baseball game. Uh, Universe 7 was playing a friendly baseball game with Universe 6. And this was Yamcha's opportunity to shine because he was going to teach yeah. all these brutish warriors how to play baseball. Yeah, and, the, and the episode baseball. literally ends with Yamcha laying in a crater, same pose as the Cyberman explosion, winning the oh. game. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> as he touched home base, scoring the only point for his team, uh, because none of those warriors knew how to play baseball. Oh, uh, okay. They're they're all used to like these life and death competitions, like yeah. with, with screaming and powering up, and it's like Goku throws the ball so hard it disintegrates, and they're like Goku, d- d- like dial it down a little bit. Yeah, they're all like, like I, I don't, don't know how to play this girly game. <laughs> like, like the stupid filler episodes of Super were some of my favorite. Yeah, because it's just how goofy they were. Like that baseball episode, I love that episode, and it yeah. ends with the freaking Yamcha crater. <laughs> I just yeah, I love it. It's hilarious. So yeah, yeah, I'll let I'll let you know how Kakarot is once I play it. All right. I'll probably let you know how all these games are. Indivisible has been on my radar for a long time. So um I'm glad I was able to snatch that up finally. Uh Judgment as well, because it's made by the same people who did the Yakuza series, but instead of being about um a Yakuza like enforcer guy, it's about 
a private detective. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that sounds very interesting to me. Um, and then Greenfall is like a, uh, I don't know, I guess a colonialism simulator. I'm not sure. It's what it looks like, but it's a, it's an RPG. Okay. With some fantasy stuff to it. So yeah, all these games have been on my radar for varying amounts of time. Indivisible is the one I've known about for the longest. I've known about that one since it was like an early access. Yeah. So and I've been wanting to play it for a while. It's got an opening like theme song segment animated by Studio Trigger. That's the studio that did uh, Kill La Kill and um, Promare and oh. uh, Kids Niver and all those sorts of anime stuff. Um, their most recent anime is on Netflix right now called Brand New Animal. Um, I watched the first episode of that. Still haven't finished it. But, but yeah. Yeah, so it's got some animation from Trigger in it. That So that looks fun. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, speaking of which, um, also related to video games that are coming up, I, which I really want to play, Cyberpunk 2077. I want to play that when it comes out. And yeah. um, Trigger is also releasing a Netflix show that is a tie-in to that game. So, like, Cyberpunk is getting an anime tie-in on Netflix animated by Studio Trigger with, I think, um, I think his name is Hiroyuki Imaishi. I think that's his name. Um, He's directing, and he's the guy that directed uh, Promare, which is, like, the movie that they put out last year. And um, he also directed, I believe, Guren Lagan and Kill la Kill. Okay. So, yeah. He's... A big deal. So I'm looking forward to that when it comes out. I'm just rambling at this point about <laughs> cartoons I'm excited about and video games I want to play. Cartoons and video games. Yeah. yeah video my, games my cut, I've, I've been wanting to out. play. Yeah. Video games I've been wanting to play are just like uh, ones that are just already out, really. Like eventually I'll get uh, Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 and then eventually yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. But those are pretty much like my three that i want to play sometime yeah there are exactly two games left that um are yet to be released this year that i'm excited for and that's it and that's avengers and cyberpunk once those two come out um those are all the games from this year that i care about every other game i want to play is stuff that's already been out yeah yeah so uh, i'm looking forward to when they're released oh and seeing some of the comments on avengers stuff because the beta came out right (laughs) because <laughs> there are people with just invalid complaints like what i don't get to pick what the character i want to play as it's like no in the story mode you don't yeah you're playing you can pick what character, character you want to play as the yeah for the larger multiplayer stuff yeah but the story mode's gonna pick a character for you because it's the story mode it has it has a story in it. it has a story it's trying to tell i don't know if you understood the the name story mode and then a lot of people, there are people whining that, like, um, you know, everything Marvel does nowadays takes on traits of the movies. I feel like that's valid. That is a valid complaint. Yeah. Because. Yeah, especially uh, with comics. Yeah. Yes, definitely with the comics. But yeah, yeah, like, it does it does get a little tiresome when the games and the movie and the comics start taking on too many movie traits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I agree with that one. Um, but yeah, and then. 
And then just just comments of people with like no explanation for why they think this way, just saying like, "Oh, this game's gonna bomb." Firstly, regardless of whether or not you like the game, saying it's gonna bomb is just horrendously stupid. Yeah, like just because you think the game's bad doesn't mean that it's going to fail financially. Yeah, yeah. People are going to buy this game. It's called The Avengers. Yeah. That's like when people are saying, like, oh, The Last of Us Part 2 is going to bomb. <laughs> no, even even when it had, like, the, the negative feedback in terms of, like, people that read the leaks and stuff, like, yeah. everyone knew it was still going to sell well. Like, yeah. Like, despite the the negative feedback from that, it's like, no, it's still going to sell well. Yeah, that probably hurt some of its sales, but that's, like, less than 10% of the sales. Yeah. And then, and then people, every time new Pokemon game has come out, someone's like, oh, Pokemon's gonna bomb. Pokemon's been dying for years. Really? Because I feel like Pokemon keeps making more money every year. Yeah, with like, with Detective Pikachu and everything coming out, I feel like Pokemon's been getting bigger and bigger. Now, I will say, I, me personally, I haven't seen Pokemon as big since like, I was a child because it seemed like oh, yeah. everyone talked about Pokemon back then. But it well, yeah, also just depends on your your surroundings. So because po- Pokemon came around during our generation, that yeah, was yeah. the big thing that we grew up with. So like, yeah. obviously, we heard about it a lot as kids. But for me, um, like 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 for you, I assume that like you don't actively engage with Pokemon stuff now that you're an adult. Uh no, for the most part, no. Every now and then, I'll. I'll revisit like because uh, I still have my Game Boy SP and stuff. I'll revisit yeah. like uh, Sapphire Ruby or like Fire Red or Leaf Green. Yeah. That's so cool. so the best ones. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. I I think Pokemon makes iterative improvements with every generation. I say those are the best ones because those are the ones that I really started getting into it with. But yeah. um, <laughs> I, but I yeah, still I, I have a I have a huge soft spot for Generation Three. Yeah. In in my uh complete opinionated self i i still think those are those are top those are top notch i don't really care like like here's the thing there needs to be a new iteration like every few years just to like keep the thing going as well as like just introduce people into this world because like if you're if you're uh i guess the pokemon pokemon company i was trying to think who owned it i guess just the pokemon company if you're that company <laughs> yeah. yeah you're you're seeing that this is a a cash cow and you don't want yeah. it to just stop so yeah of course you want to keep doing it um like me personally though in playing like the newer games it's just like and this is only me playing video games in general it's just like there's too much for mm. me nowadays in terms of the new Pokemon games. It's like too many Pokemon, which that's just a me problem in terms of general, general consensus. That's a good thing that there's more stuff, but me, it's just like, it's too much there. There's too much, uh, variety such as like Pokemon pet shows you can do in the games and all that stuff. I, I just like, I just like a classic vanilla Pokemon. That's just who I am as a Pokemon person. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, um, I feel like I already decided a long time ago that I knew that Pokemon is like a lifelong thing for me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever really going to let it go. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, it's like, yeah, like I do in, engage with Pokemon and the Pokemon community and just seeing like all these people who clearly have already given up on it coming around to complain about it. It's like, go, go away. You gave up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you, you let it me, go. What's the point of complaining right now? You gave up. Yeah. Go away. Yeah, like with me, I, I don't care about the new games, but hey, I, I anytime I get that Pokemon itch, like I'll just pop out the old games that I like. I'll just yeah. play those. I mean Yeah, for me, I'm just annoyed that switches are so expensive right now because I finally have enough for one and all this happens. Double the price, yeah. Yeah. I just I want to play those new Pokemon games. <laughs> the DLC is coming out. The first Pokemon games with like legit DLC. Yeah. But yeah, so um Oh, and the thing about the new Pokemon games is like So this this is the first time that a main series Pokemon game has come out that not every Pokemon was in the game for. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were complaining about that, obviously, because that's what people are going to do. Um, which I saw this coming. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. But I always knew somewhere in the back of my mind, like if they keep making new Pokemon every generation, they are going to have to start cutting some from each game, uh, oh, like yeah. just picking and choosing which ones fit with the game. Yeah. Um, every generation. Um. And yeah, so I understand why people are complaining about that. I don't agree with it. Um, cause again, anyone with like f- the power of forethought knew that this was going to happen. But uh, well, I mean, I mean, in the, the older Pokemon games, even like when you are looking at like generation three or whatever, like you would play that game and most of the Pokemon you in, you would encounter are like the newer generation. And you have like some mix of, gen 2 and gen 1 in there um but like it's mostly the new generation and then once you would beat the game once you beat the game there'd then be like a little extra thing where it's like hey now you can go over here and capture pokemon from gen 1 or gen 2 or whatever you just yeah yeah they have the game to be able to they have the national pokedex yeah yeah exactly so with the dlc um, now and 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 they did mention that like they probably wouldn't be adding any more Pokemon into these new games once they had their Pokedex for the game nailed down. Yeah. Um, but with the DLC that's coming out, um, more Pokemon are being added on, more of the older ones. Um, and instead of being happy that more older Pokemon are being added back in, now people are complaining like, oh, so they lied to us. There are going to be more Pokemon put in. It's, it's like, just why like. That's that's a happy little surprise. Why would you be mad about this? Just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. No. This is people are a stupid, hopeless species. <laughs> They're never going to be satisfied with anything. Pretty true. Yeah. And I know that's kind of that's not a great attitude to take, especially as someone who wants to. Uh, like put his own art out there as something that can be read and taken in by a large group of people. Like I want to publish my own comics and stuff too. Well, here's the thing. And, even yeah. with your, even with your own work, um, you're never truly a hundred percent satisfied. Yeah. 
at one yeah. point you just have to say this is good enough and I need to just let it go to print or whatever it is. I just need to let this happen because if yeah. I keep trying to make corrections, this is never going to happen. But yeah, my, my thought process is like, cause I see the way that a lot of um, fandoms form around things like, uh, yeah. like with, with things like Tokyo ghoul where um, the, uh, uh, Fan, some members of the fan base accused um, the writer of Tokyo Ghoul of like homophobia because he didn't legitimize their ship of the main character with his best friend. Instead, um, he he wrote the romance that he had in mind. Um, or like, or like the people who whine so much about like. Uh, the Last Jedi or the cap- the Hydra Captain America thing. It's like, I, like I want to be able to put my work out in the world. I just hope I, I'm just hoping that I don't like garner the sort of like fans that would be like, wait a minute, this isn't the way I wanted, and that makes it bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, of course, it's not going to be the way you wanted. I'm writing something the way I want it. Yeah, that's why it's like. Uh which I'm not even anywhere near that type of thing, but you just kind of have to put shades on and just keep walking through it and just say like, okay, like, especially if you're doing self-publishing, it's like, honestly, this is more for me than it is for you. Yes, I'm glad that people want to read this, but it's like, ultimately, I'm putting my, my, sweat tears my money i'm putting this into it so it's something i want to do if you like reading it that's good but i'm not gonna just try to cater towards you yeah you know yeah yeah and unfortunately um a lot of nerds in particular like i've noticed this is very prevalent in the nerd sector of culture. But with nerds in particular, it's gotten to a point where um, uh, a, a lot of them seem to, and this isn't conscious, but a lot of them do seem to have the mentality of if this isn't specifically for me, then that makes it bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a toxic way of thinking. Cause like, it's like not everything like one thing won't be for everyone like whether yeah. it's movie a comic whatever media it is it's not for everyone because it is art it's art and art is it's uh subjective all depends on the person one person sees it differently than another person yeah like uh i forgot who said it but someone said like uh no two people will see a movie exactly the same like, yeah, so true. That's that's with any type of media because it's all about your mindset when you see it or when you read that comic book. It's all about, uh, like, yeah, that just that mindset and and uh, sometimes education can can determine it. it. It's all about your life when reading that thing because it's just going to be a different experience for you than it was for someone else. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's all interpretive. So if you didn't like something then it's just like well that's that doesn't mean someone else 
didn't like it. And if you didn't like it, well, there's going to be another piece of art that you like, even if it's not that. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I think a lot of people tend not to do um, is meet art at its level, like, and, and just like engage with it as it exists. Yeah. Um, Cause like for me, there are movies that I do not like that I've seen like Suicide Squad and Justice League. I don't like either of those movies, but when I first went to see both those movies in the theater, um, by choosing to engage with them on their level and just accept what they threw at me the first time I observed them, I enjoyed my first viewings of each. And then I started viewing them critically afterwards and decided yeah, after yeah. the experience that I didn't like them. That's how I take media in. Yeah. Um, and, so. and even with that stuff that you like, don't like, like a lot of times I like to, uh, even if it's a movie I'm, or movie comic, whatever it is, if I'm reading or watching it and quarter way through or midway through, I'm just like this, this isn't for me. I, I'll, I'll have that mindset, but I'm also thinking like, okay, let me see the positives of this. What do I actually like about this? Like, and, and just try to focus on those positives, even though by the end of the movie or comic, I'm just like, eh, it, it's wasn't entirely for me. It, it wasn't that great or whatever. At least I can still say like, but this aspect of it or this scene or that was actually pretty good. Yeah. I feel like, our conversations and this is probably because of me but i feel like our conversations turn turn towards the toxicity of fandom very very frequently yeah well it's just like my my biggest problem with it is just like uh it's it's not me saying if you if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all it's not that at all it's just like why not have a more positive outlook on things why stay negative that sounds like a horrible way of living like why not see the positive in things like yeah sure you can have your your opinion and say like yeah this wasn't that great but can you at least acknowledge like some good things about it or or just something yeah. i don't know i just don't see the or point be of, or like, be constructive with the criticism you have rather than just yeah. saying thing bad exactly exactly yeah if you have some criticism, definitely have some constructive criticism, some stuff to, to help make it better. If it's a piece of media and you're like, I care about this character, I care about this media, let me explain why I don't think it works so well and, and try to formulate it in a way where it's like, this could help, this could be constructive instead of, yeah, like you said, thing bad, this is doo-doo, whatever, like, yeah. Now, unfortunately, there are some creators who reject um, nearly all forms of criticism, and I feel like Ruby was a victim of that, because um, uh, that show had so much potential, and it did get a lot of really negatively, harshly worded criticism that wasn't constructive in any way, but because of that, it caused its writers to just kind of ignore criticism in the first place, and yeah. um, so like they wouldn't take uh, actual, genuinely constructive, good faith criticism um, as well as not accepting the, you know, harsher, less kind criticism, kind of throwing the baby yeah. out with the bathwater there. Yeah, which that could also 
um, not defending them or anything also just play into like a lot of times that, that just random, this is bad, that crap criticism. A lot of times that just outweighs the constructive criticism. Yeah. There's a lot more. It's, it's so much easier to say this is crap and not explain why than to actually form something around it and to actually like explain how it could be better it's so much easier to just say this is crap so there's yeah. going to be a lot more of those yeah so I, they, I, there's more of that so they're not able to entirely see all the constructive criticism and even if they see the constructive criticism they're blinded yeah. by that other criticism yeah and i feel like you see ruby is one of the greatest disappointments um for me in terms of entertainment because that show had so much potential going into it and it was i was i remember when those trailers for it first came out and i was so excited i was like oh my gosh an original like anime on the internet and i i watched it and i loved it um for the first three seasons like religiously um, and i would go back and rewatch it and like and I still love it. And I feel like Ruby's one of those shows where once I can get back into it, I'm in it for the full ride. Like, I want to see it through to the end. Because I made it this far, right? But unfortunately, it just hasn't quite lived up to the potential that it quite regularly shows it has. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't think it's too late. I mean, it's already just about eight seasons in. And that's a long time for a show to start getting good. But... <laughs> Um, I don't think it's too late for it to really clean up and start delivering on a lot of the promises its early episodes made. Yeah, um, it's, it's not just... too late. It's never too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, um, aside from three days grace quotes, we'll <laughs> set those aside. Um, back when three days. I hate back... everything about. That. Yeah, I was gonna say back, back when Three Days Grace was actually kind of fun to listen to. Um, yeah, because <laughs> now they're now they're new stuff. Ugh. Anyway, well, I, I listen to the try to listen to the old stuff here and there, and I'm just like, man, like, oh, it's it's how how angsty, yeah, how but, angsty was I in fifth or sixth grade? Yeah, no, I I hear you. It was the hormones that really drove the love for that band, but um, yeah. You try listening but, to their old stuff now, it's like oof. But it's a nostalgic oof. Like listening it's, to the yeah, stuff it's definitely the nostalgic. Singer, that's just a general oof oof. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> definitely nostalgic. Anyway, as I was saying, um what was I saying? Right, Ruby. Um, it just it had so much potential. And again, it's it's one of the greatest like like I can feel it in my heart how sad I am that, that show didn't quite shape up to be what it could have been. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of it does have to do with the fact that Monty Ohm, one of the show's primary creators, you know, passed away when season three was in early production. But uh, had he been able to stick it through all the way to the end, I feel like the show, at least in terms of his action scenes, would have been a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, as it stands now, it's like, it could have been so much more than what it is, and I wish it had been. And it still can be, because it's not over yet. Um, but yeah, it's just... My heart hurts when I think about 
Ruby, the series. All right, still standing outside to record this. That's why there are so many weird background noises. But, um, yeah, uh, that was this week's uh, store brand comics. A little bit weird, I know. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm I'm T.O., and that was Brandon, in case uh, you were wondering. Um, uh, if you want to check out Brandon's uh, independent comic stuff, you can check him out at Dismay Comics on Facebook and Instagram. That's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. It's coming along pretty good so far, uh, as far as I can see. So, uh, um, and then uh, for my stuff, uh, well, you're listening to it, Store Brand Comics. We're available on uh, a lot of different podcast stuff, so... Spotify, um, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just all over the place. Anchor, we're available on Anchor, so, yeah. Um, I've been Tio, and he's been Brandon, and now we're not. Uh, sorry for the weird episode, and goodbye.